Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Cam Moon and Cody Jansen here. Oilers Now filling in for Bob Stoffer. I was just looking at that Ashley Fine Floors text line. Somebody asked, when's Bob back? Well, we're going to have Bob on later, so we can find out exactly when he's going to be back. Yes, we will. Some guests of Oilers now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night out on the town, every meal's an occasion at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Pay no overtime rates on their 24-7 service repairs. That's how you build a legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. John, Cam Moon here with Cody Jansen. Great to have you on today. How's it going? Great, Cam. How are you? Oh, doing very well. Doing very well. I wanted to, uh, the first thing to, to throw out there, just uh, the, um, that we hadn't talked with you about it yet, I don't think, is the, the jersey advertising. We were talking about it yesterday on this show. Uh, it, that's coming to the National Hockey League, not this season coming up, but the season after. Three inches by three and a half on on the jersey. Uh, just your thoughts. Uh, it seemed like an in. It was it was inevitable that this was going to happen. Uh, it, it, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, I, I think when you, you know, I think it got exacerbated a little bit, Cam, when revenues for all the teams in the league were down. Uh, particularly last year and for a 56-game season that just finished. Uh, I think it was inevitable that people are trying to search for ways to increase revenue. Um, and obviously we saw the, and I, I use the word loosely, the success, the acceptance of the, the helmet logo for all the teams last season, that uh, something like this was inevitable. Um, I, I will tell you right now, I remember sitting at a Board of Governors meeting in 2006 uh, when this discussion came up, uh, and uh, it was uh, really put on a back burner by uh, the commissioner and his people uh, based on the fact that they didn't think they, could, they needed to get to a certain number, a generated number, uh, before it become, would become acceptable. And, and uh, obviously they feel, without, without knowing exactly how much sponsors will pay, uh, they feel they're now at a place where that number is acceptable for everybody to, to assume that it's, it's going to be part of the package in October of 2022. I'm a little surprised that it hasn't happened yet. I, that's interesting that that was part of a discussion in the mid-2000s. I, here with John Shannon, NHL insider, I, that 
with the amount, I guess, the revenue being down from last season, and it would have been significantly down, uh, you need to look at any and all avenues where you can help build that back up. And, and to me, this seems like, like uh, a no-brainer, really. Yeah, the question becomes, Cam, is is um, the tradition of what an NHL sweater stands for. Uh, and do you want to cross that line? Um, do, do you want to look at all the controversy over the years when teams have changed their, their logos and, and sweaters? Uh, is it worth the public criticism? Uh, how long do people, uh, you know, rant and rave about it before they come back inevitably? Uh, I, I think those questions are, listen, it's, it's 2021 and, and we have a business to run. Uh, and you're right. Um, I, I think there has been pressure in the last four or five years to do more of this. Um, but there are there are other elements and other aspects you have to to keep in mind on the business side. If you put signage on your on your sweaters uh, and you you create a national television package, who gets the revenue from that? Where does virtual? There's so many other ways of virtual signage and sponsorships that have occurred both at the team level and the and the league level um, that. It's a, it's, it, it, it truly is a, a bit of a Rubik's Cube to figure out when and how you do it. Uh, and I suspect that that's what, how we've got to this point and how they've literally bought themselves an extra year in order to try to make sure that it's perfect before it gets sewn onto the sweater. Yeah, yeah, I want to make it look good, for sure. We're here with NHL insider John Shannon, and you were talking about uh, national television, and, and you as a... Uh, someone involved in national television for a long time. You were in the truck. You were producing a lot of the big games uh, coming up uh, with ESPN and TNT. How different do you expect it to look? What are you looking forward to uh, from the the coverage from ESPN and TNT? Well, that, that, the challenge, Cam, is that you do expect both Turner and ESPN to be innovative. The, the, the challenge is, is that do you go so far in innovation that you turn off the traditional viewer? So you, you really need to understand, I, I think, that what they're going through, the discussions they're trying to have uh, twofold, is how do we affect the game coverage? You know, in the end, most people want to see the puck go in the net in a regular fashion, and they want to hear an announcer say he shoots, he scores. Those are those. That's that's the rudimentary desire of every hockey fan. They want to see how it went in, and they want to hear the guy say that the puck went in the net. Uh, beyond that, uh, the real challenge for both of them is how they wrap around the game. Uh, with their pregame shows, their intermission shows. I mean, both Turner and ESPN have spent plenty of money uh, in in getting big names to be in their studios, like Mark Messier and John Tortorella at ESPN, like Wayne Gretzky uh, and Darren Pang uh, at, at Turner, and I suspect that there will be more people added at both places. So it, it really becomes uh, one where you, you do want to be try to be aggressive, you do want to try to be innovative, but at the same time you have to be respectful of what the game does and how the game is produced and be able to explain to uh, the hardcore hockey fan uh, what's going on on the ice. Here with John Shannon, NHL insider. Are the, is the national broadcast 
in America. How, how much room does it have to grow? I'm guessing a fair bit. You'd know a lot better than I do. Uh, how, what type of inroads do you think they can make? That's a great question. You know, I, I, I have always maintained, and, and when I was at the league, I maintained that uh, the biggest strength of the NHL um, for at least the regular season wasn't with the national package. It was on the regional packages. It was all the, the local shows, the more than, you know, a thousand shows that get you know, produced for each individual club. Um, and if, and it's when you, you make sure that those shows are done at a certain level, then the next step is to try to make sure that the national shows are at a certain level. The, the, the key becomes, and you, you saw this, Cam, over the last decade with NBC, is um, you, there, there is that hardcore that will watch hockey no matter what channel it's on and no matter how many cameras are on or how many announcers are on or who the announcers are. There, that hardcore will watch. But it's that magnificently large audience in the United States that, A, may not know our game very well, doesn't really plan on watching it. How do we, how do we lure new fans to the game? Particularly um, in, in, a, in a country that is uh, almost as diverse as our country and is growing more um, diverse all the time. Um, which is, you know, what happens in, you know, places like Arizona and, and Texas and Florida, uh, where the populations are exploding. Uh, you know, how do we make the game uh, more understandable for non-traditional hockey fans? That, to me, is the biggest challenge in the United States. Because if we're able to do that, if we're able to do that, then, you know, you know the sky's the limit when it comes to television ratings and revenues uh, in, in the U.S. And that's something that no matter how hard people try and, know how, and how creative people have been for, gosh, 40 years, um, there just doesn't seem to be that growth as quickly as people expect it to be. We all know how great the game is, Cam. Uh, but we grew up with it. We grew up with it where, where many markets grew up with basketball or baseball or, or even soccer. Uh, they didn't grow up with hockey, and you know we we have to find a way to take the blinders off those people in order to enjoy the game more. Yeah, it, it completely different mindset towards it's a the game. Culture. Yeah, it's a different culture. And, and we and we it, it, it's it, it's not their fault. No, it's our fault. And I would say our fault. It's the it's the game's fault. Um, and 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 how to make the game more palatable, more watchable, more listenable for people who don't understand the game. Here with John Shannon, NHL Insider, and John, going back to your time in the truck because I I've got you on the show today, and this is uh, I I just wanted to know myself. From uh, back of, of producing games, and you're producing the biggest games, and through the NHL playoffs, through Edmonton Oiler playoffs, which series sticks out in your mind as the one that was the, the most compelling, the one that you got most drawn into? It doesn't necessarily have to be a Stanley Cup final. Maybe it is. But when you think back to that time, which one really gripped you because of the, the drama playing back and forth? Well, the first one, 
uh, is the first one that the Oilers won has to be right at the top, um, simply because uh, the, the dynamic of the Islanders versus the Oilers, uh, the, the champions, uh, the fact that the schedule changed and the Oilers had three straight games at home in that uh, 1983, uh, 1984 Stanley Cup final, um, and 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 the magic in watching those guys who I had been around for five years at that point, um, watching them grow up and become champions. So the, that first final um, that the Oilers won has to be, uh, you know, the paramount. Uh, series that I ever did um, and, and really what it did do and, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, uh, demean the uh, the Edmonton Football Club's uh, greatness over the, the previous championship years when they won five in a row but this th that Stanley Cup final and what Wayne and Mark and Kevin and Paul and all the guys did uh, was put Edmonton on that international sports stage uh, and it was just an electric time uh, the other one was the you know the you know the the most famous of in my opinion of the Battle of Alberta's the the one they lost in 86 uh, and how compelling that two weeks was between Calgary and Edmonton um, and the unfortunate Steve Smith bank off of Grant's pad and into the net um, and and what it meant both for Calgary and what it meant for Edmonton. Uh, those two series, uh, the Battle of Alberta of 86 and then the first cup in 84 uh, are at the top of any list that I would ever create. Love it. Absolutely love it. Here with John Shannon, NHL insider. One last one for you, John. What Are, are you hearing anything with Kyler Yamamoto and his contract situation? No, it's funny. Uh, I was telling somebody this morning um, uh, when I was downtown Toronto that uh, uh, after the free agency uh, episode uh, with the, with everybody getting signed it it's almost like every front office of every NHL team uh, went on holiday uh, every everybody everybody's at the lake everybody's at the cottage or if you're in BC you're at the cabin um, every everybody has just said okay I need to get away for a while and what we're seeing now starting we it started Monday is people starting to trickle back and I fully expect to see uh, starting next week uh, that uh, we'll see a lot more activity when it comes to uh, you know the restricted free agents uh, and uh, I, I think there's only one arbitration case left uh, in the NHL they all got solved uh, but I think that we're going to see a lot of business get done in the last week of August sounds good John thank you Hey, Camp. Good talking to you, man. All right, you too. It was John Shannon, our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Always good to talk to John. I love the insight uh, on the history and, and certainly being in the truck, which is if anybody's ever had the opportunity to see what a, a television production truck looks like in the middle of a game, it's absolute chaos. And and John would have been the one directing all that chaos and making sure everything looks right. And that 84 Cup was an amazing, magical time. Uh, Grant Fuhr in the one nothing victory on the island. Oh, just absolutely amazing. Uh, Kevin McClelland had the goal. And then, uh, and then they chased Billy Smith when they got back to, to Edmonton. 2-3-2 two, two series then, too. 
Oilers split on the island and came back and won all the games at home. Unbelievable. I remember the drive home from the rink and people all uh, like out on their front lawns, waving, horns honking everywhere. Just awesome. Great time. Uh, the 86, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> it's like it didn't even happen. I do not recall. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19, all new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 1986 NHL playoffs. Okay, good to talk with uh, John Shannon. We are going to take a break. Cam Moon with Cody Jansen. This is Oilers Now on 630 Chet. Cam Moon here with Cody Jansen. I had to let that breathe a little bit. Cody, I had to let it breathe a little. You have to. It's, yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Hey, we all deserve a holiday after the year we have had. New West Travel has a special VIP trip to Vancouver. You can take a loved one and join New West Travel on a three-night getaway to spectacular Vancouver, B.C. New West Travel's package includes airfare in a private WestJet charter with complimentary open bar and meals. Departing from private terminals three nights in a deluxe four-star hotel. All of this for $699. You get to visit Stanley Park. You can stroll the beaches, shop, dine. In this beautiful city, you get you need a holiday this September. Hey, space is limited. Call New West Travel or go online to newwesttravel.com. Or, yes, newwesttravel.com. You need a holiday this September. Uh, space is limited. Call New West Travel or go online to newwesttravel.com. Okay, we are keeping our eye on this Ashley Fine Floors text line. Took me a little while to figure it out, Cody. I, I had I saw one person texted that I went away from the text line maybe because I didn't like the text. No, I, I liked them. I was just having issues accessing them. But now I think I got it. Uh, I see there's one here asking, uh, for the 2021 NHL season, will taxi squads be used by teams? Uh, Cliff sent that in. I, I, I don't know that, Cliff. I don't know what that situation's going to be. I think uh, that has to be figured out, like what, what the border looks like as far as calling up players from the American Hockey League, uh, what the... The parameters are if there's a positive test within a team, there's also that. Like, is that going to change? I don't know this. So I, I, I would think that we're not going to see taxi squads to the same size as we did last year because it looks like travel is easier now than it was a year ago at this time. But 
as it sits right now, Cody, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't know that we know that 100%. Yeah, I don't think the NHL teams have been given any, you know, hard direction right now. But I believe it was Frank Saravalli who might have brought it up. And, and it was something similar to what you're saying. Maybe it's an educated guess at this point where, yeah, they're probably going to keep a little bit of an expanded roster. Maybe that's a third goalie. Maybe that means Stalock stays with the team throughout yeah. the season instead of having him down in Bakersfield and having him, you know, be on call, flying back and forth if something does come up. Yeah, yeah. So I could see it being uh, that that type of situation. I see Glenn has a text. Cam, I wonder when Edmonton fans will ever move on from 30 years ago. Glenn, it was a very magical time. It, it was special. Those are things that get seared into your memory. Uh, so no. <laughs> hey, if you were if you were a youngster in 2006 and were part of that whole run of 2006 and how amazingly it gripped this city and this province, or at least the middle to the northern part of this province, then that's, a, that's a big deal too. So, no, I get that. And I understand when, uh, when fan bases, wherever they may be, like to hearken back to a time of glory. I get that. I understand. I don't think we can get mad at Oilers fans for that. Think about Montreal fans. I'm sure they're talking about their Stanley Cups when there were six teams in the league. That's a lot longer than 30 years ago. That is true. That is true. I'm still battling this thing over here, Cody. I've, I, I I can't seem to get it updated, but we'll get to it. We got anything good over there? Well, yeah, one of the textures uh, came in as well, you know, about the small logos on the jersey, but he's not a fan of those projected logos oh, on yeah. the glass behind the net. We were talking about this later. It's just something where it, it seems to work out fine, but there's also some times where it is a little distracting if you're watching on the TV. I was watching a game. And I don't want to say my wife, but my wife came in and she's like, who would sit behind the glass? Who's going to, you can't even see through that sign. And I'm like, yeah, those seats would be bad. I didn't have the heart to say. I just, I just didn't have the heart. But yeah, I, I understand what the texture is, uh, is leaning towards. My phone will be buzzing here within seconds, I'm sure. Uh, it, I, I, a little, it, I, and I know you don't. And John talked about it earlier. You don't want to um, once you once you open the door to uh, logos on the jersey. You you don't want to see a, a stampede of logos come through the door. Uh, I, I remember the Western Hockey League in the mid '90s. They did it, and it was league wide. Everybody had the same, and it was really about the same size as that. What we're speaking of right now for the National Hockey League, and. It was it to me. It made it was it was not a big deal. Had it been plastered full, yeah, yeah, you'd notice that and would take away, I think, a bit from the experience and a bit from the uh, the branding of that team's jersey and their logo. But the one small one on the on the left side of the jersey, you know, about chest height, was wasn't too big a deal so and, and and i hope that it just stays like that i don't want to see it you know expand too far from that i, I don't want to see you know, your european hockey jerseys that are there's you don't even know where the team's logo is I, so i understand the the trepidation on on behalf of fans that don't want to see it explode to that so but i do understand also the the business side of things we've it's been a tough year and there's a lot of money to make up, so that uh, 
that is seems seems to be on the horizon for sure. Okay, we got to take a break. Cam Moon was Cody Jansen, and we have a global news, weather, traffic, and update with Eileen Bell. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad.